Well, welcome back to Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. We'll be right back after this introduction. Well, welcome back to Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado, and I'm so excited to have you with us on this evening as we continue our conversations on self-care, wholeness, and sharing our stories. It's still Women's History Month, and I'm glad that I have another dynamic woman that we're going to have a great conversation with on today. I want to uh, introduce you all to a daughter of mine, a daughter in the Lord, uh, J.L. Hardy, who is uh, one of the uh, deacons at our local church, Grace Church International. J.L. is a graduate of the My Sister's Keeper Foundation. What year did you graduate uh, from MSK, J.L.? 2016. 2016. She's a graduate of the My Sister's Keeper Foundation for Women. She is one of my spiritual daughters, and I'm just so, so, so proud of her. JL is also an entrepreneur. She started a business last year, a photography business. Um, She's in school. She's a mother. She's a grandmother. She is every woman, and I am glad to have her with us on the Harmonize Your Life podcast this week. Welcome, JL. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for being with us this week. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, JL, um, you have a very interesting story. I have always told you that you need to share your story. Um, it's, it's interesting to me. Um, I know your story because you've shared your story with me over the years. You've We've talked and you've shared a lot of things about your life, your upbringing, um, and different, at different junctures in your life, we've shared and prayed together and talked through decisions that you needed to make and moving your life forward. And, um, and I always tell you, JL, you have such a powerful story. You really need to share your story. You remember me telling you that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I want to call you a quiet storm because um, I think when people look at you, they don't realize the depth of, of, of wisdom that you walk in and uh, the compassion that you have for for people and just the 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 um, the resilience that you have exemplified in your life and the things you have come through. And, you know, um, I think it's important that as women that we um, own our story. The good, the bad, and the ugly, and that we take our stories and use it as uh, not only as nourishment for us and for our own growth and development, but also to help others. Mm -hmm. And so this month on the Harmonize Your Life uh, podcast, um, we're talking about owning our stories of self-care and wellness. And um, today I want to talk about self-discovery with you because that's one of the things we've been talking about with you over the years this mm-hmm. issue of self-discovery, mm-hmm. self-care, and wholeness. And so, if you will, just kind of 
share with us a little bit about your your background, your story, you know, your upbringing, and uh, and then we'll just talk a little bit. And I, I have a few questions I'm going to ask uh, that will help us uh, in our conversation on today. Okay, sure. So I um, was adopted at birth um, from um, a woman. She was 44 years old. Um, she didn't have children of her own. She adopted me and then she adopted my sister. And um, she was an evangelist in the church. I don't know if you ever heard of Church of the Living God, but that's where yeah. she was. Yeah. And we we had our mother for 13 years and then she passed away. But she instilled a lot of things in us within those that short amount of time. It's almost like she knew that she wasn't going to be here long. And so she taught us how to bake. She sent us to charm school to teach us how to sit like ladies. Wow. Charm <laughs> yeah. school. Wow. Yeah. We went okay. to charm school. <laughs> wow. Um, she taught us how to uh, write checks. I know that's a thing of the past, but how to balance a checkbook. Mm -hmm. um, all mm -hmm. those things. And we were 13 and 14 years old. And she, uh, one of the things that she always wanted was for And us you're a twin, right? No, no, I'm not. Mm -mm. Okay. You have an older sister. Yes, me and my adopted sister, we are five months apart. So okay, okay, that's what like twins, but okay. he's five months older than me. Okay. And so one of the things my mom was a huge, huge advocate about going to college and getting your education and things like that. Well, when she passed away, that kind of, kind of went to the side. My dad, he was not an advocate of education. So we got through school and I um I started school, but then right in the middle of my first semester, he was like, I can't afford to send me to school. I'm like, okay. So I started working. I got married. I had children. I put a lot of what I wanted to do on the back burner because I was a wife and a mother. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you got married, JL? I was very young. I was 20, 20 years old when I got married. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and then I had my first son when I was 23. So I was pretty okay. young. Married yeah. at 20. Your first child at 23? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. yes. And then from there, I, every two years, I was having babies. <laughs> so <laughs> I had one at 25, 27. So, yeah. So they were coming out like that. So uh -huh. I dedicated my, my my time to them. I mean, I, I always want, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted them to just have the stability of a, a home and having a mother who was present. And so... That was my life. And so um, in 2013, um, my life changed, took a, a detour. <laughs> and so I found myself at 48 years old. Um, my children are grown and I'm no longer married. And so then I'm trying to figure out where do I go from here? And so I had to really stop and think because being a mom and being present, I didn't have a balance. And so I put more into them and my time and my efforts and things into that. So when I had to make a stop and, and really kind of assess where I was, I didn't really know me. I didn't know what I wanted, what, what, was, what drives me, what did I like, you know, none of that. I mean, it was so bad to the point where, like, I went and bought a journal. And in my journal, I, I had a list. I wrote down everything I liked and everything I didn't like because I needed to see it. Wow. Because I wow. just didn't know because everything was so about everybody else. It wasn't about me. And so I had a long list of things and I was thinking, okay, I like this. I like this. And I just wrote down everything I like and everything I didn't like. That's how I started my journey. 
So um, then I was like, okay, I can't really stay here. So I got to figure out how do I move forward? And the amazing thing is about where I was, it would have been easy to quit. It would have been easy mm-hmm. to say, what do I have to go on for? I, my children are grown. I don't, I'm not married. Because I, for all my adult life, I was seen as part of a couple, never single. <sighs> say that again. All of your adult life, you were seen as a part of a couple. Yes. I was. Nobody you ever saw me as an adult, as a single woman. Never. You were married from tw- age 20 to age? 48. I was 48. Yeah. So that was 28 years of your life. Yeah. Of your and your whole adult life. All my adult life. I was always a couple, part of a couple. So then I find myself never not even so this is amazing. So you don't think about these are small things, but as a single woman at 48, I went and bought my first TV. So you went and bought your first what? TV. I never bought a TV. Are you kidding? No, because you bought TV. So I never bought a TV. I never bought a car on my own. I never did any of that. So these are like, I'm doing the normal things that people see as normal for the very first time. In At my- 48. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. And so I literally, I, 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 give, I give credit and honor to God because it was like he wouldn't allow me to quit. I had some real tough days, but... That the idea of saying I quit never ever ever entered really my psyche. It was just kind of like you have to go for it, whatever that looks like. You have to go for it. And when I got a divorce, I was working at a job that really wasn't. It was, definitely wasn't a career job, but it wasn't. It didn't pay that much. I didn't mm-hmm. have. I didn't have credit. I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. I was starting from scratch, and okay. so. But I was like, okay, I can I can do this. So the very first thing I did was I started to think about something that I really really wanted to achieve or I wanted to do. And that's where the education piece came in. And okay. I said, I'm going to go back to school. And I was scared of going back to school. I hadn't been in school in for 30 years. So I was mm-hmm. like, what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. So I registered for one class that mm-hmm. fall semester. I said, well, I'll do one class. And I'll see how it goes. And I'm like, if I do well, I'll move forward. If not, then I at least try. That's how I thought about it. I took the one class and I was like, oh, I can do this. You know, I can do this. So I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my degree. My, something my mom always wanted for us. And I said, I'm going to get this degree. So I went to school in um, 2019. I got my bachelor's degree. And I had a conversation in like the last couple of weeks of undergrad, somebody said, well, why don't you go and get your master's? And I'm like, ah, I'm good. I don't really, that's not something I'm looking to do. I'm like, J.O., you should really do it because you're already in school mode. You might as well go ahead. So I was like, okay. So I made up my mind two weeks before I graduated an undergrad to get my master's. So I took a break that summer. I took my dream vacation trip. You know, we went to Paris. Yeah, um, yeah. I never thought I would go to Paris, but there I was standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. That was something. That was like on you know your bucket list type thing, and mm-hmm. I did. So after I got back from that, I got back into school mode. I said, "I'm gonna do this master's program." And I'm telling you, you never know what you can do until you try. And oh, that's good. You never know what you can do until, until you try. try. Wow. Yeah. 
like that. So I have not only um, I have one class left and I'll have my MBA, but I have excelled in my MBA program. I've gotten maybe one B, but I've had all A's in my program. And mm-hmm. I surprised myself. <laughs> just like I'm like, okay, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm writing, pushing out these papers, and I'm doing it. And so I'm I'm so thankful that I didn't allow fear to to block me from moving mm-hmm. forward. You know? mm-hmm. So I look at I don't I don't even need, and I hate to say this, but it's true. I don't need someone to say, oh, good job, because I'm telling myself, girl, you did it, good job. You're, yeah. you're doing it. And so. I mean, I'm I'm beating the odds, you know. T- um, next week, a week from today, I'll turn 55, and I'm like, I'm in I'm in school. Woo! <laughs> Love it. That's a lesson in itself. You're never too old to pursue your dreams. You're never, You're too, never old. too old. Wow, wow, wow. So let let I want to unpack a few things that you said. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, you, I mean, you dropping, as they say in Clubhouse, a lot of gems a minute ago, okay? Um, you said a lot of things that I want us to kind of talk about because, you know, I tell people all the time, self-care is not selfishness. And a lot of times, you know, we grew up in jail, you know, we grew up in, in church cultures. We weren't taught self-care coming up. Um, a lot of times that was looked at as selfish or being self-centered, and I always teach people that self-care is not selfishness. And as a matter of fact, the um, the best gift I can be to others, and particularly my family and friends and uh, those that I'm called to serve, is to take care of me, right? right. And so you, you, when you said that earlier on, you got married at 20, you had your first child at 22, and you said every other year or something like that, you were mm-hmm. having, every other year you were having babies. So you were... You got married young, you had started your family young, and for 28 years, it was all about your husband and your children. And so, of course, I know the, the divorce, you went through a divorce, and you found yourself now single at 48, still my mother, but not married anymore. This discovery that, you know, all my adult life, I've been married and seen as a couple. But what was the thing that made you want to discover JL? I know that the impetus might have been or or could have been. I don't know if the impetus was the divorce or not. But what was it deep down inside of you that made you want to go on this self-discovery to find JL? I literally felt like if I didn't find me, I wasn't going to make it. As simple as that. I had to. It was almost like... It was my focus. It God dropped that in my spirit. That was my focus. That's what kept me like just instead of wallowing in sorrow. Cause you if you if you can imagine being married that long of, of a time, 28 years, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. And so and you every every, every for you, especially let me just say this, especially for you to have gotten married so early in life. And it's been 28 years. You spent pretty much half of your life married. Married. By the time you were divorced, half your life has been spent married. Married. So every plan, every decision, everything you've ever done was two people. It wasn't just you. But I really, I felt like I had to find me to survive. That's just as simple as that. Otherwise, I wasn't going to make it. And so I literally like, okay, 
what is it, JL, that's going to keep you? Like, what's going to... So I I got into MS... You know, I signed up for MSK. Um, I literally was, like, looking for ways to find my purpose in life and why am I here? Because, I, yes, I was a wife and I am a mother, but God has a purpose for me singularly. He does. Right, right, right. We, we forget that as mothers and wives... We, you know, we get ourselves, you know, wrapped into this one, you know, definition. But God, he created us and he created us for a reason. And so I need, I needed to find that. And I'm still on that journey. Some things are dropping, though, in my spirit. I'm going to surprise you with something. But <laughs> dropping in my spirit that, OK, everything I've went through was for a reason. And so yeah. I just recently decided after I'm done with this master's program, which would be May 15th that I want to get certified as a life coach. That's what I want to do. <laughs> well, good. Come on. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to do that. I feel like, because I talk to people just indiscriminately, but not to, I just share my story. And I yeah. get all the time, you should be a life coach. You should be like, okay. I'm just telling you what I've been through. I'm, I want to be transparent. I want to tell you honestly, because the worst thing is, is for somebody to go through something and think they're the only one who's ever been through it. And yeah. that, that's where the enemy steps in and starts yeah. messing with your mind. Like, okay, yeah. you're the only one. Then you what? Then you wallow in sorrow. And then you also are embarrassed because of what you're going through. There's wow. nothing, it's nothing new under the sun. If you've been through it, somebody else has been through it. But the problem is we don't share that. We don't tell that part. We don't tell the ugly stuff. We don't tell how... You know, you battle with and it, you battle with, you know, anger or, you you know, just the feelings that are deep down inside that you hide. And we we put on a, a smiley face and somebody says, well, how are you doing? You know, I'm great. And inside you're like, no, you're not great. You're, you're not. Oh, that. Yeah, you're not great. And so I need to let people know. Listen, I've been through some things, you know, and I thank God where I'm at, but I'm still healing. You know, it's been. A few years, but I'm still healing and trying to, you know, keep moving towards who what what God has intended for me to be. I'm not there yet, but I think where I've gone and the steps that I've made, I need to tell people that I need to share that. And wow. I, if I can, I, you 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 are really helping us. And and several things you just said. You 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 talked about how um, as a wife and a mother, we still have a purpose. You know, one of the things that, and, and I can relate to your journey of education. I didn't, I didn't start going back to school until I was, until I was in my thirties. I got married um, and started our family. We were in ministry, and I, I, when Bishop asked me to marry him, he asked me, "What did I want to do?" And the first thing I said is, "I want to go back to school." Mm-hmm. And I went, I for twelve, almost fifteen years straight, I was in school. I, I started like you with one class, and next thing you know, I got five earned degrees a few certifications, all of that. And so, um, but I, but I, but I didn't want to be JL was one of those pastors wives that threw my whole self into my husband's career as a pastor or into the ministry full, you know, full time to the degree where I lost me. And so I have always um, maintained a sense of my own identity in my marriage and in the ministry so that, if something was to happen and I'm no longer the first lady or I'm no longer married, 
then I still know who Antoinette is. Now, that was a discovery process for me. That didn't happen overnight, but over time through coaching and mentoring and going to school mm-hmm. and taking gifts assessments and um, 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 personality assessments and learning who I am. And like you said, trying new things and mm-hmm. starting and stopping and, and succeeding and failing and all of those things to help me discover who I am. And that's what I saw you do. I, um, and of course, when I met you, you were married. Right. And then, um, and then I, I saw you go through your divorce. I saw, watched you go through that process, walk with you through part of that process. Um, and then when you came to MSK, to my sister's keeper into that program, then I got a chance to coach you through that process and walk you through that process, even close, uh, even at, at a greater level uh, as you were going through the MSK Foundation uh, for Women Leadership and Life Coaching Program. So in this discovery process, you started MSK. And then after that, I remember you applied to go to school. And um, and in there, you you uh, applied for a scholarship. And we gave you, you got the Margaret G. Baker Second Chance Award. <laughs> the name of my mom, yes. And, uh, and then I just saw you take off. And I was like, look at JL, she's soaring. I mean, you just really took off. And so what, tell me, what are some of the things you have discovered about yourself in this process? I've learned not to be guilty about taking care of me. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing how, because when you have a rap and taking care of everybody else and you don't take care of yourself, then when it's time for you to take care of yourself, you have this guilt. So self-care guilt, self-care guilt, even down to like now my children are adults. And so I work, the money I make is I can go buy what I want. And I still like, Oh, should I do this for me? Why not? Like I, I, I can treat myself, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And so <laughs> those things are things that you have to where do you think that comes from? You know, because we deal with that. You know, self-care, self-care guilt is real. I do a talk. I do one of the talks that I do around self-care is overcoming self-care guilt. Right. And um, and one of the way, one of the reasons we have guilt around self-care, JL, is because we tend to feel like we don't deserve it in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of feel like we have to earn it or we don't deserve it. So where do you think that comes from in you when you when you when you have to tell yourself, I can buy that. I can spend time with me. I can do this for myself. Where do you think that comes from? That I think all of that is part of your purpose and knowing that you're here for a reason. So okay. why, why be guilty of taking care of yourself when God puts you here for a reason? Right. Mm. So. If you take care of your children, you're like, okay, I'm taking from taking care of my children so they can thrive. But why uh-huh. would you take care of you so you can thrive? Because <laughs> God, good. yeah, God has God has a reason for you to be here. He so I I'm seeing I have purpose. So I'm I, listen. I've learned I'm, the guilt thing is out the window. I'm taking care of me. Um, this is a this is a funny thing about me that you may not know, but I hear people say all the time, "Oh, when I leave this company, I'm gonna have six weeks vacation because they're stacking it up. They ain't taking it. Uh-huh. Jay, it's her vacation. Look, I, I, I don't have none. 
Not at all. Because when I feel like I don't even have to have anything on my plate to do or somewhere to go. But if I get to a point where I feel like, okay, I need to take a step back, I take a day yeah. off from work. I, I'm notorious for that. I will take a day off. And I got, you know, coworkers like, JL, you know you'll take a day off. Yes, I will. <laughs> if I feel like I need it. <laughs> I take a day off. I'm going to get a pedicure. I'm going to go get my little coffee. I might go to the bookstore. But I'm going to take care of me. I know that's right. Because what are you stacking it up for? Yeah. So they, they're well, they're stacking it up because the company will pay you out. But it, it means more to me for me to have my day off. Exactly. Because, and you know, I know people that have waited and waited and waited to do their dream vacation when they retire and don't even live through retirement. So why are we saving it? You know, when we can do it now, take the time now, pull away now. Um, um, in my book on self-care, when I, um, I do it um, as a chapter in my book called play, uh, Work Hard, Play Harder. Work hard, play harder. Mm-hmm. And I do, I did some research with the American labor, US Labor um, um, Department and, and, and talks about the work hours of Americans and yes. how we don't take vacations and yes. how we need sick time and paid time and personal leave and family time on the table. And I'll tell you, what, what sense does it make? You're working, working, working for a company that if you die, they might send flowers to your funeral. But before your body is cold, good, they're going to replace you. Yep. I, I tell people a story all the time about a young man who died suddenly and early. Um, this was years ago. He never took a day off for sick or, or vacation. He was there all the time. And when he died, before they buried him, his job was posted. See, and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he dedicated his life and his time to this job. They didn't even care to wait till he was in the ground and they had his job posted. That lets you know everything. So your life shouldn't be built around a job. No. You know, absolutely not. I go to work, but listen, when it's time <laughs> to clock out, I'm clocked out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm so done. I tell people all the time, if I ran into you in the street, I may not even know you because I'm not in that work mode. I'm like, you know, I'm separate. I separate that. I enjoy my time, my downtime, my time with my family, my friends. You know, it's been obviously a change because we're in the pandemic. But I still take time, you know, to do the things that I want to do. And I love Emory. I love my job. But it's, it does not define who I am. Oh, Lord Jesus, you just said a mouthful right there. My job does not define who I am. And my purpose is not my job. Not at all. It's bigger than my job. Exactly. My purpose is bigger than my job. It is. JL, I mean, you are, you're just, I love your story. I love the fact that you have overcome. I mean, there are a lot of women who get stuck in bitterness and unforgiveness, anger, and this this is where the wholeness piece come in. We talked about self-discovery. We talked about self-care. I want to talk a little bit about wholeness. Well, you know what? The, the only thing I prayed for when I was going through my divorce was peace. That's all I asked God for. I didn't ask for money. We lived in a beautiful home. I didn't ask for no home. I didn't ask for none of that stuff. Because when you're really, really down, when it gets really down dirty and you're on survival mode, Material things have no value. Mm-hmm. You need to man, you need this mental capacity. You need to come out. And I said, God, give me peace. I came into this marriage as a whole person. I need to come out. 
And so I asked God for peace. And like I said, I still heal. There's days I'm like, wow, you know, I didn't see my life here. And it's like, you know, and sometimes I do say I question why, but it doesn't hold me back from moving forward. I still feel like I have a re I and I and I share, I'm willing to share my testimony and what I've been through and the things that you feel and and the struggles and all of that. I, all of that. Imagine, and this is real, imagine moving into a place. I moved when I moved out of my home, I moved into a house and for the very first night living in a house by myself. Wow. Ever. So wow. when the house is settling and creaking, I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> and I'm by myself. You know, that's real. And so, you know, those after, are the things. And listen, you're by yourself after you have given your life for 28 years to a marriage and to your children who are now grown and have their own, living their own lives. Did you, did you, was there any, did you have any moments where uh, of profound like regret or sadness or that you had to overcome? I regretted not having that balance because if I had had a balance where I took care of them and took care of me, I wouldn't have had such a hard road back. Oh, that's it. So I regret that. But nobody taught me that. Nobody told me that. That you can still be a good wife and a good mother, but still be a good JL. Nobody told Ooh, me that. Girl, you're preaching. I just love that. You can still be... Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to write that down and put your name there. You can still be a good wife and a good mother and still be a good Tony or JL or Rosalind or whoever, whatever your name is, put your name there. Because a lot of times we think we have to sacrifice one for the other. We do. And we do. And so now my children are grown and they have their own lives. They're married. They're having children. And it's not that they don't, you know, love me. I'm still their mom. But I had to, like, I, I can't get validation from them. You know, I know I was the mother. I was there for them at 100%. But they've gone on with their life. So if if I'm still wrapped up in what they're doing, I'm going to be a really sad, miserable person because they're moving forward. And I'm like, well, I'm your mom. Yes, I'll always be your mother. And I and I, I revel in that. I love the fact that I was able to, to raise really four sons. I That was a great part of my life, but that's not all of my life. And when they say your best days are ahead of you, I believe that. Look, I believe that you have not seen the best me yet because wow. I'm I'm walking into my purpose and I feel like God is like, okay, this, just the puzzle pieces are coming together. So I have my testimony. I'm getting, I get my education, you know, just look. And then it comes, it comes in bits. It doesn't all come at one time. It's almost like as soon as I finish one thing, God puts something else in my spirit. So, okay, you can do this now. So that's where the life coach thing came in. I wasn't thinking about that 18 months ago when I started this master's program, but I literally said, okay, hmm, all right, this is where I'm going next. And okay. I, I didn't want any more like school and instruction, but God's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Well, I have the perfect program for you. Just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's as soon as I'm done with that, 
I'm going to, you know, move into that. And then who knows what God has next. And so I'm leaving myself open to that. What is going to drop into my spirit to do? Because why? The pieces are coming together for the person that he's making me. Oh, my God. The pieces are coming together for the person that God is making me. I love this. I love this. This wholeness. Did you did you do anything like did you ever go to therapy or did you ever talk to a counselor? What is your support system like now? So when when things were self-care board directors. So when when I when my marriage was starting to fall apart, I did um, have a therapist then. And then afterwards, um, I have a really good support network. I really, really do. And um you know, I hear a lot of times people don't have that in their life. If you don't, you need to get it. Yeah, um, I have. I literally have my very best friend who's we're 30 years into this. She's a phone call away. And if I tell her, which I did, I need you. She's on a plane and she's going to be here. I also have people who surround me and they're not my yes people. They are my look, J.O. This is you need to do this. You're out of line here. You need to pull it together here. I kind of mm-hmm. talked about it once in my testimony where I said, oh, my God, I'm cursed. They were like, no, no, we don't say that. That's not cursed. <laughs> <laughs> the devil is alive. No, but I got people who kind of keep me on the straight and narrow, but they feed into me and they are positive. They're, they don't, and they're role models because I woke up one day and I realized everybody around me was educated. They were doing something. And I was like, okay. And God put me with these people. And so... I don't think he just put me with these people for me to look around and see what the possibilities were. He put me in this so you, I can strive to do better for me. And I knew when I graduated in 2019, I had I, I had my mom's name on my hat because I knew that's what my mom wanted. But for 2021, the name on the hat is going to be mine because <laughs> I work for it and this is something I really wanted for me. So this is about JL for this time around, but I'm just so proud of you. You know, I get accused a lot of times of of when people get around me, they go, Dr. Tony, when I get around you, I end up going to school and getting degrees and, and all that. <laughs> well, but, you know what? You, you got to give credit to your husband, my, my bishop. Listen, I remember when I first came to Total Grace, he used to stand up and he used to say, he said, I don't care how old you are. If you're 45 and there's something that you want to do, and God, he may sustain your life till you're 95. That's 50 years that you could be doing something that God put you here to do. He used to say that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? So you can't let age be an excuse for you not to do anything. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I mean, and you're living proof of it. You're 55. You're getting ready to get your master's degree. And um, you're talk, You're getting ready. After that, you're going to get certified as a coach and who knows what's next for JL after that, because I'm telling you, you have just soared. I have watched you soar. I'm so glad to have been a part of your journey and um, to be able to be there for you, listen to you, pray with you, you know, help talk you off the ledge when you, <laughs> when you needed it or whatever, but just, I'm just so proud. I'm so godly proud of you, JL. And I, I, when I told you, I said, I really want you to share your story. I've been telling you that for a number of years now because you have such a powerful story. And when I put uh, this month's uh, podcast series together, owning our stories of self-care and wholeness, I wanted you to be a part of this 
conversation this month because I believe that your story is going to bless so many women. I'm looking for that book to come out of you because I believe there's one. And I told you that already. So that ain't nothing new. You already heard me say that to you. Um, But I'm looking for you to to at least um, put that in in writing some kind of way to to help other women see that you can bounce back from divorce. You can raise your children. You can love them and you. You can take care of them and you. You you said a lot of things. You got over your fear of being, uh, being too old. You didn't allow yourself to quit. You kept moving forward. You said, you never know what I can do until I can do it. You never know what you can do until you do it. You didn't let life's interruptions stop you. And you and know what? One thing was so important. We, we, we as women, I think more so than men, I think we're so afraid of failure. And what is wrong yeah. with failing? Because all failing says is that you least tried, right? You tried. <laughs> so I'd rather say I tried and it didn't work out than to say I never even pushed myself out there and tried it. So we need to stop being afraid of failure. Failure just means I took one step and maybe it didn't work out. Now I got to take another step. But failure is not. It, it's it not paralyzing. Yeah. It's not, failure is not final and you need to learn how to reframe failure. And into success. What can you learn from it? How can you use it as a stepping stone? What what is God showing you? What is God doing in you and through you through the failure? You know, um, it, it's it can be it can be used because God wastes not one experience, and it can be used not only to nourish your life but to nourish other people's life. You are just you. I'm telling you, you are you're phenomenal, JL. And I, and I hope you realize how powerful you are. I hope you do. And um, I believe that in the coming days, you're going to see even more how powerful you are. I can't wait for others to, to listen to this conversation because I know it's going to bless other people's lives and others are going to want you to share your story on other platforms. Listen, um, you started a business also in the last, in the pandemic or right before the pandemic, right? Before the pandemic. And I didn't even realize until after I got started my mom was a photographer. She took pictures. <clears throat> me and my sister, we have literally pictures from when we, well, I have a picture from me when I was three days old, when the nuns brought me to her, she took a picture and I still have it to this day. But okay. my love for taking pictures came from my mother and I didn't even realize that. And so well, that was one of the things in self-discovery, like what do I love to do? I love taking pictures. I absolutely love it. Um, and so I said, why not? you know, go after and pursue what you love. And so I, I, I invested in some uh, camera equipment and I absolutely love it. I have not, as soon as I'm finished with school, I want to devote more time to my business because obviously like I we, we turn down gigs because we're- and, and, and here's the thing, that was a part of your self-discovery um, because you went and you discovered that you really enjoy photography. I love, I absolutely love it. And I did not realize that because I've always taken pictures of my boys. They all have baby pictures and things like that. But it wasn't until I like, okay, what is it I love to do? I love taking pictures. And that was one of the things I found within the last five years, I could say, I really discovered I love, and I'm going to, I said, well, why not do something that you love? And I, that's where J Square Photography came from. 
J-Squared Photography. I got it on the screen. And for those that are listening, the name of JL's photography business is J-Squared Photography. And we can find J-Squared Photography on IG. I got it there at J-Squared Photography, A-T-L, J-Squared, Squared Photography, A-T-L. And then also have your personal uh, IG there, Mary Rose1922. What's Mary Rose1922 about, JL? That is my mom. That's your mom. That's wow. my mom. That is my wow. mother. And wow. my mother it goes all over Atlanta because she's on my personal plates on my car. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, um, it's amazing. I started the month out um, giving tribute to my mom. Um, and I talked about my story begins with my mother's story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um, last week, um, Dr. Jean Porter King, we were on and she was on. And she's talking about, she was talking about her mother and her grandmother. And it's amazing with Women's History Month. And it's a wonderful time to, I know, I know May is Mother's Day, but in Women's History Month, mm-hmm. we have, we come from a long line of a, a heritage of women that have instilled some stuff in us. I and had, I think it's very appropriate to have to Yeah. Amazing. I didn't have her long, but I had, she she dropped seeds in us that we carry to this day, me and my sister. Um, she was amazing. And we live obviously longer now without her than we had her. But she she's on my I have a picture of my mom on my desk. I, I see her every day. But my mother was amazing. Really wow. Well, I know if your mother was anything like you and, um, you know, they say the fruit don't fall too far from the tree, even in a stiff wind. <laughs> and um, having knowing knowing you makes me believe that your mother had to be an awesome woman. Yeah. And um, and so I appreciate you, um, JL, for coming on the podcast. I just want to just do a little station identification before we close out. I just want to let uh, everyone know this is the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can also watch and listen to this podcast on my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us uh, on, on follow the podcast, listen to the podcast. Every Monday, we drop a new episode of this podcast. And you can, I'm telling you, the women, I, I, I'm I telling you, God, I started this podcast last year and there has been some phenomenal women and a few good men uh, on this podcast. But I, I, I probably will never run out of women like JL being able to come on this podcast and talk and share, give information, insight, uh, motivation and strategies for self-care, for wellness, for wholeness, whatever you need. For, and women, I want you to join the Harmonize Your Life self-care network. The Lord has commissioned me to start a movement for, for women of color, uh, a self-care movement for women of color. You can go to my website at drtonyalvarado.com uh, and you can uh, sign up and join the self-care network there. Come with me on this self-care journey. I believe we'll do you good on your journey and we'll make sure that you're able to be your best you. We'll make sure that you, you can connect to a community of women that are not just concerned about self-care for themselves, 
but concerned about self-care for our sisters and making sure that we are all whole spirit, soul, and body. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, JL, for joining us this week on thank the Harmonize you. Your Life uh, you. Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. And before uh, we leave, is there any final words you want to give our audience? I just want to say that if I can, if my story can help one person, then I've done, I've done my due diligence and I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're, and I believe that reminds me of the song. If I could help somebody as I pass along, That's if it. I could just help just one somebody mm-hmm. with a word or song, if I can show my, uh, my brother that he's traveling wrong, then my living will mm-hmm. not be in vain. And your living certainly is not in vain, JL. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on this podcast and blessing not only me, but blessing every woman and man that will listen to this um, podcast. Thank you again for being here with us this week. And we'll be back next week with another uh, intriguing conversation on Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. See you next time. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.